Welcome to the Friday Night Clive podcast with me, Clive Payne. In this podcast, we look back at the amazing charities, organisations and people we have chatted to over the past few months, all of whom have interesting and important stories to tell. How many potholes have you avoided on the roads today? I've dodged a few and I've dodged some un- uh, uneven road surfaces, particularly in and around Merry Hill. But have you ever had to have your vehicle repaired because of the state of roads? Tonight I'm going to be talking to Lee Lancaster from the Asphalt Industry Alliance to talk about the latest report into the condition of our roads, including potholes. And Lee jo- Ian joins me on the line now. Good evening, Ian. Good evening. Ian, thank you very much for joining me. Um, first of all, tell me about the Asphalt Industry Alliance and what do you do? Okay, so we are a, um, uh, we represent an amalgamation of two bodies, the Mineral, Mineral Products Association and uh, an organisation called Eurobitume. Now, the Mineral Products Association deal with uh, production of uh, the asphalt, mm-hmm if you like, that goes into the roads and Eurobitume represents the interests of manufacturers of bitumen, which is the key component in holding the asphalt together and uh, contributing to the road surface. Right, okay. So are you in any any way sort of like a regulatory body, if you like? No, we're not a regulatory body. We we are there purely to represent um, our members' interests. And uh, our our interest is in uh, lobbying, uh, influencing uh, politicians, both local and national, uh, to try and get the right level of funding mm-hmm. uh, to local authorities to allow them to carry out carry out um, the maintenance and construction of roads. Sure. So do you have a, have control or hold uh, or lobbying powers over local authorities? You talk about local councillors, but, you know, can you go to, you know, the highway maintenance department of a local authority and, and explain to them that they're not doing enough or they're not doing it correctly or so on and so forth? Um, we don't necessarily go to the local authorities directly, but what we do do is we, we foster a... Um, uh, an event uh, which has been going on for a few years now called um, Sharing Best Practice. Now, what that involves is lots of local authority uh, members getting together and talking about um, success stories in their areas. So it's it's kind of a way of, of raising the, the profile of, of, uh, of the industry and sharing information around so that all local authorities can uh, have got the chance to improve the way that they work, particularly sure. with reference to the to the road network. Mm. So, define for me then, Ian, what is act- actually is a pothole and what causes it? Well, potholes start um, on an almost microscopic scale, and because asphalt is what we call a, a flexible pavement, it, it, it moves when traffic goes uh, goes over it. Mm. And over a very long period of time, uh, you get tiny little micro cracks, probably smaller than it's smaller than a human hair. Now, they will tend to heal up, but um, if they get bigger, then it gives the opportunity for for water to get into the surface. Mm-hmm. And once water gets into the surface, particularly if it freezes, it then starts to force those micro cracks 
to get bigger. Mm. And that allows more water to come in, and it then starts, the whole pavement can then start to deteriorate. And the knock-on effect of that is what is, is a pothole. What does it cost to repair them, Ian? Because you find, you know, ask anybody in any local authority area or town or city or whatever, and they always say there's so many potholes and, you know, the local authority never does anything about it or or doesn't do enough about it. But are they expensive to repair? I suppose that's down to surface area damage, of course. But they always seem to just, you know, take such a long time and you're forever avoiding them by sort of swerving them, which, of course, is dangerous for motorists. Well, that, that's absolutely true. Well, in, in the Midlands alone uh, last year, um, we filled over 213,000 potholes at a cost right. of £11.3 million. Pounds. And unfortunately, uh, all of this comes down to money. Surprise, surprise. And unfortunately, highways, engi- highways engineers face some very, very difficult choices. Um that, that because they've got a legal responsibility to keep the the road surface in a safe condition, mm-hmm. and what they would really want to do is where there are say two or three potholes in an area, they would like to go over and do a, a full resurfacing to make sure that the road surface comes back to almost like a brand new level. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, because the um, the money that local authorities get isn't ring-fenced for maintenance. And also, it's it's nowhere near what local authorities need at the moment. Um, they're faced, really, with a, a difficult decision of having to do almost a make-do and mend. So they will go in and, and they will fill a pothole and that will, you know, that will bring the surface back to a, a reasonable state, but it's not a permanent solution. And what they really want to do is to go in and do a full resurfacing job. And as you say, that's just down to budgetary constraints, of course. It is. It is purely down to, to, to budgetary constraints. Do you think, though, Ian, that um, when our roads... Our roads are just not up to the job anymore. They're not up to the volume of traffic. These huge articulated lorries and other vehicles that, that come up and down, you know, thousands and thousands of vehicles can go over a section of road per day. Um are we just not making our roads um, good enough? It's not. It's not really a case that we're not making them. Uh, we're not making them good enough. But particularly with a lot of um, local authority roads, and you know, local authority roads actually represent ninety-seven percent of the of the total highway network within uh, within England, uh, England and Wales. Mm. Um, but they could receive a fraction of the funding. And a lot of local local roads were built a long time ago. So they were built, the, the, you know, the, the load-bearing part of the road, which is the bit that nobody actually sees, it's a bit below the surface, and they were designed to take a certain level of traffic. And unfortunately, the traffic has gone up, the number of heavy goods vehicles has gone up, so it's, you know, it, it is a, it's a very, very difficult thing. It's not a case of the, the roads that we're designing now are not up to scratch because we have changed our design practices over, over the years and we try to work together with uh, the, the people who make the, the heavy goods vehicles to see what they're doing because, if, you know, if, if, if the weight of a truck goes up, 
that place is greater demands on, on sure. the road. So we do try to work together with them. You know, there's um, there's a pothole that keeps reappearing um, in on the A4036 here, right through uh, uh, Briley Hill, and it's by a roundabout. Mm. And those of you who are local and know where I'm referring to, it's on the roundabout by Caledonia. And uh, they repaired it last year, they repaired it the year before, and they just keep putting... It's just like sticking a plaster on it. And, of course, as you quite rightly say, the road moves. Um, and, mm. uh, again, when the weather is hot, there's even more movement because, you know, the bitumen softens. And this pothole just remains, and they just... I, I sit there and I drive past it, I'm thinking, why don't you just do a, a jolly good job and do it properly rather than just sticking a plaster on it? And I suppose you're going to say exactly. that's down to money as well. But it must cost them more in materials and, and labour in the long term. Um, it does. It does. You know, um, what you've described there is what we would call reactive maintenance. The pothole appears, and so we go out and fix it. Um, and then, you know, it, it seemed to appear again. Now, the solution to the problem that uh, that is on that particular roundabout that you're you're talking about there is really to go in and do a full uh, area resurfacing make sure that there are no there are no defects there and then it, and then it will um you know it it will not reappear i can give you an example um, mm. there's a stretch of road close to where where i live uh and this is on an industrial estate now it happens to be a private road and uh for years the people that that uh owned that road were quite happy to have it resurfaced every four or five years. Not because it had potholes, but because it, it deformed. Uh, but then working with them, we, we spoke to them and said, you know, perhaps you ought to think about a slightly different design to this because of the amount of traffic it was taking. Worked with them, different design onto the, onto the surface. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, that particular stretch of road didn't need maintenance for 10 to 15 years. So it, it's it's <laughs> what I said. The, the dilemma for the for the low, for the engineers is they it, again. It does come down. It does come down to money. Yeah. But if we just look at the if we look at the upfront costs, what we call the one-time costs, then simplistically it looks a lot cheaper to just go in and fill a pothole. But if you do a you know proper full resurfacing, yes, it costs more in the short term but over the life of the uh, of the structure you get your money back yes and, and that's the that's the fundamental problem is that we face is a lot of highway maintenance is it's short term it's stop start whereas what's really needed is a longer term full investment program to get the road surfaces back up to the state that they need to be in. Sure. Now, of course, people who have a, a damage sustained to their vehicle as a result of a pothole uh, can very often claim compensation from their local authority. Um, and I've heard of stories like this in the past. Do you have any idea of how much money is paid out in compensation for damage to vehicles due to a pothole? Yeah, I do. In the, in the Midlands last year... Um, we paid out £4.6 million. Pounds well, that's got to be more. That's got to be more money um, than actually going about and resurfacing the roads and doing them properly, not just, a, not just addressing, but as you've already alluded to, a proper resurface. 
Yeah, it is. That's an extortionate amount of money, and that's public money as well. It is. It is. It's it's a huge amount of money, um, and um, that nobody wants in our industry. Nobody wants to be going out and uh, and filling in potholes. We, we don't want to be doing it. We want to be getting road surfaces up to the standard that they need to be in. Mm. You know, and it's a it's a, it's a sobering fact as well. You know, I said this, that, that local local roads constitute ninety seven percent of the highway network in England and Wales. Uh, they receive a, a fraction of the funding. But every journey starts and ends on a local road. Mm. So it's in everybody's interest to, to put the investment there and to get the road surfaces up to where they need to be. But again, you see, for local authorities, it always seems to take them an absolute age to get round to repairing roads. Is there, Other than budgetary constraints, are there any other reasons that you're aware of? Well, they have to balance. Um, they have to balance disruption um, as well. Uh, so, a, a full resurfacing uh, can be unpopular if you're looking at road closures and and diversions. Um, there's potentially over the last couple of years we've had um, during the pandemic we've had uh, issues with um, resource. So, on the one hand, we had fewer people available to actually do the work, uh, which was actually detrimental. But with less traffic being on the roads, we had more of an opportunity. So, no, primarily it comes down to funding. Yes, that uh, the age-old problem. Each year, though, a survey is conducted called the Annual Local Authority Road Maintenance Survey. What has that revealed yeah. this year about our roads, and particularly our roads here in the black country? Well, the black country, I mean, overall, um, the black country roads, about one in five of the roads in the area is coming to the end of its life. So it's going to need rebuilding within the next five years. Um, in terms of condition, the local authorities are telling us that there's a backlog of one point, nearly £1.7 billion. Pounds. Mm-hmm. So that's what's needed if we were to do a one-time catch-up and put everything back to where it needs to be. And that, if even we've got the funding, is likely to take about seven years. Crikey, right. Mm. Hey, it's it's and not, not a quick fix. It, <laughs> It's not a quick fix. It's not a quick fix in um, the way that we operate. Um, but let's say just to put perhaps a little bit of perspective on it, the um, so the Black Country region and the, the wider Midlands region has actually fared comparatively well. Um, it's seen a significant increase in its maintenance spend that's gone up by about 15 percent compared to previous years uh above the national average Mm -hmm. um but it's still not enough each local authority is telling us that they need somewhere in the region of another five and a half million pounds per year to do the work that they Mm -hmm. need to do and I guess that's why there's such a big backlog of repairs because, you know, that there's only so much money to go around. It is. 
It is. And I, I perhaps draw attention to the fact that um, you know, some statistics do get thrown out um, quite readily. Um, mm. The Depart- Department for Transport will say that funding has gone up by 4%. And that's absolutely true. It is true. But it's a sad fact that that, that 4% increase in funding isn't ring-fenced for the road surface. It's mm-hmm. not ring-fenced for maintenance. Yeah, some of it goes to lighting, some of it will go to traffic barriers, some of it will go to you know, parking areas, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So what we need to do is to have the money increasing and being spent on the road surface. Yeah, absolutely. As you say, it's 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 then dedicated funding. It's it's ring fenced. But from a council's mm. perspective, a local authority's perspective, how do they go about prioritising pothole repairs? Well, each each authority have, will have their own set of um, of criteria. Um, usually, that depends on the surface area, the depth of the pothole. And the location, and and that's that's how they will tend to prioritise it. Mm. You know, if it's on a if it's on a, a primary route, uh, it's probably more likely to to be addressed more quickly than if than it is on a an unclassified route sure. that doesn't see much traffic in the middle of nowhere. If somebody sustains damage to their vehicle as a result of a pothole, what would be your recommendation and advice in order for them to pursue that through their local authority? Um, we can't give advice on, on how they to pursue it, other, other than they should contact their local authority. But I, I would actually turn that, um, turn that question on its head a little bit mm-hmm. and, and urge the public to report potholes wherever they see them. I do appreciate that there's, there is this perception that it takes forever, um, but those notifications, they're, they're not ignored by local authorities. They will go and look at them, and then they'll, they'll go into this prioritisation approach. But, you know, the public do need, to, do need to let the local authorities know so that it's on the radar. Absolutely, because if you don't, they'll never know about it. It's as simple as that. Yes. Lee Lancaster from the Asphalt Industry Alliance, thank you very much for talking to Friday Night Live. That is your lot for this episode. You can catch the programme live every Friday night on Black Country Radio from 8pm. If you like our podcast, please subscribe by heading to blackcountryradio.co.uk forward slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. See you very soon. This is a Black Country Radio podcast, presented by Clive Payne and produced by Andy Caddick.